2: KFI AM 640, you're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
4: Online, KFIAM640.com forward slash listen. Uh, Doug McIntyre in for John and Ken. I'm here till four o'clock. And uh, we don't know about Timmy. Timmy's not feeling good, huh? So he may not be here. All that Purell and he still got sick. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. The man's uh, blood is like... uh, 40% 40% Purell at this, but might be maybe 50%. <laughs> uh, so we're here till four, and we got a lot to talk about, uh, including, of course, next hour, we're going to chat uh, with a really interesting author, Cliff Nesterhoff, who has become basically the go-to guy for the history of comedy. He's got a brand new book out called Outrageous, uh, a history of show business and the culture war. So we'll get into that next hour. And the culture wars are ongoing in America right now, the first day of uh, Hanukkah. As we approach the holiday season, and because of the war uh, against uh, Hamas in, uh, in Gaza, uh, tree lighting ceremonies, menorah lighting ceremonies, forget about it, fraught with uh, tension across America. So we'll get into all of that. Later on this hour, Alex Stone will update us on that shooting in Las Vegas. And also, Blake Trolley will be here to talk about some smash and grabbers uh, going up the river. Uh, so I, I, I made a mistake a, about a week ago. I made, I broke my own New Year's resolution, which was to engage. I, I didn't know I was doing it at the time. I did not mean to get into an online argument on social media. I really didn't. I asked a legitimate, sincere question, and the next thing I know I was in a fight. And the post was a meme that maybe you have seen, maybe you have sent. And it was a picture of a bunch of cars in a a snowstorm stuck on a freeway somewhere, on a highway somewhere in a blizzard. And the meme said, good luck in your electric vehicle stuck in this. All right, now there's many variations on this theme. Another one with, um, I don't know, it shows anytime a Tesla somewhere catches on fire, the Tesla haters love posting those pictures, you know. They love posting pictures of electric cars on fire, as if internal combustion engine cars don't burst into flames all the time. We had a in their traffic business, they used to call it carbecues, right? Like traffic reporters been using that line for 50 years since the Model T. Since before radio, people would just shout it out. There's a carbecue on the old farmer's road. Anyway, so what I, the, the meme is posted, and I and I just posted I am bewildered by the hostility towards electric vehicles. I am sincerely bewildered, I think was the exact phrase I use. And the next thing I know, it was you arrogant, elitist, you know, driving your expensive, maybe your, and on and on and on it went. And I think it's, first of all, I don't have an electric car, all right? I drive, I drive the, if I was going to live a life of crime, the car I would drive would be the car I currently drive because it's invisible. I'm a white-haired man who lives in the West Valley driving a white Chevy Impala, a 2014 Chevy Impala. And let me tell you something, nobody pays any attention to that car. It's a gasoline car. I could be driving backwards on the 710, firing a Glock out the window while smoking meth, and the cops would just wave to me as I drove by. (laughs) Totally invisible in this car, right? So I don't have an electric car. My wife has a Chevy Volt, which is half gas and half electric. It's half gassed, all right? And, and to me, that makes perfect sense. That's, the, that's really the ideal car because you could use the electric stuff around town and not pay 6 $7 a gallon, whatever the hell it is this week. They decide to make it this week. And you got gasoline if you actually want to go somewhere. So it's the best of both worlds. But I want to get back to this strange animosity Uh, Towards electric vehicles and eventually I I got down to my online argument got down to the fear that the Biden people or the powers that be uh, are the tree huggers are going to make people buy electric vehicles that they will take away your gasoline powered vehicles and you'll have no choice but to get an extension cord and drive something that you have to plug in at night. Now, first of all, that may be true. I think there are people who would very much like to ban the internal combustion engine and have everybody drive electric vehicles. Uh, but is that actually going to happen? I don't think of my lifetime. I don't think of my kids' lifetime. Because uh, Jay Leno's collection alone runs on gasoline except for the Stanley Steamer. And people are always going to have, there's a, there's a farm machinery, there's all kinds of things that run on the internal combustion engine, which is a 19th century technology by the way, and most of the energy goes out the tailpipe. But Ultimately, if electric vehicles are to become the standard, I don't believe it'll be mandates. I think it'll be because people choose to buy them because they decide this is a superior technology. And by the way, right now it's not. It's a practical technology and a pretty amazing technology in places like L.A. and Southern California. It's not if you live in West Texas. If You live in West Texas and you're driving from, uh, I don't know, let's say you're going from El Paso to any place you really don't necessarily want to be an electric vehicle because it's miles and miles and miles and miles uh, between uh, El Paso and anywhere. But in a place like this, I mean, I don't know, we've had that vault for I don't know how many years now. I think we've put gas in it maybe. We've had it three years. I think we've put gas in that car, I'm not kidding, eight times in three years because we don't use it for anything except for driving around here. So you plug it in at night and... You use a tiny amount of gas. It's very practical. But if you don't want one, you're not going to buy one. But people just hate on them. And it's really interesting. And By the way, I have a couple of friends who love to send me memes that imply that if you drive an electric vehicle, you are less than a man. That it is unmanly to drive an electric vehicle. And, of course, I I, I always kind of push back against that. But then I think about how I always think the guys that drive those jacked up trucks with the giant tires you know, anybody in a Humvee that actually isn't in the military is like, well, you've got to have some issues there, too, right? I, I One of the uh, my forever memories when Hummers first came out was uh, outside of B of A in the valley. And I watched this woman who looked like my mom uh, come out uh, of the bank. And she walked up to this Hummer that was enormous. I mean, you needed a stepladder to get in it. And she opens the door. And she hurls her, she hurls her handbag into the thing like a hand grenade, like over her head. And then she grabs onto a handle and hoists herself into this thing. And said, "You're driving that thing for to go to Ralph's to pick up coffee cake." <laughs> I mean, you know. But if I were king, I would, I would make all pickup trucks illegal unless you actually work for a living. I, there's nothing irritates me more than seeing a Ford F350 that is spit shined like it's in the Concorde d'Elegance. Elegance. It's never had a toolbox in it, it's never had a ladder fall off the top, you know, into lanes. You should have to actually prove to the dealership that you need a pickup truck to work or at least move your pothead roommates' stuff out of your apartment. You have to have some practical purpose for having a pickup truck, but nonetheless, people love them. So, Uh, But the people who hate the electric vehicles, uh, the electric vehicle people, they hate fossil fuels. They hate oil and coal. And that also strikes me as odd because I really don't understand people actually having a visceral. I mean, the way people can hate me, I get that. I'm irritating. But I don't understand why you would actually be repulsed by a commodity. I mean, basically dead dinosaurs. It's really what it comes down to. It's oil and gas and coal. It's 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 part of nature. If for people who embrace nature, well, you can't get more natural than coal. It took millions of years to make it. Now I know it's terrible. It's a terrible. It's a it's a it's a 14th century fuel source. Awful for the people who dig it up. Awful for the people who live around it. But this attack on the electric vehicles is relentless, and it's also. Largely not true, or it's talk radio arguments against them, like, you know, good luck with your helping the environment with uh, all the coal burning power plants they're going to have to build to the power of these. Well, first of all, even assuming that anybody was building a coal burning power plant in the 21st century in America, uh, the reality is, even if they were, uh, power plants have scrubbers on the smokestacks. That make them much, much cleaner than they used to be. And there's no emissions coming out of the tailpipe. So the cars are still cleaner. Are, are there problems with the minerals uh, that have to be mined for the batteries? Absolutely. There's absolutely a problem. Not just with the environmental damage they do. If these things catch on fire, they're hard to put out. They put out a lot of toxins. And there's a lot of horrible child labor abuse in not only making the LED batteries, but also in making the uh, uh, you know all the components for these cell phones. So there's no perfect solution here, and perfect can't be uh, the goal. Otherwise, we'll do nothing. But I do find it odd that people take this so personally that somehow, I mean, look, we, we just had another shooting, right, in Las Vegas. We had a big shooting in Texas where six people were killed, including a couple of police officers who were shot. We're not going to do anything about guns. We're not gonna, they're not going to. They're not going to come and take your, your, you know, they're not taking my Impala. They're not taking your Ford F 350. They're just not. They're not taking your 1970 muscle car, you know, you and Clint Eastwood with your Gran Torino. They're not taking it. In fact, you know, the people, if they sent someone to take it, the guy would say, Hey, can I see it? Can I see under the hood? Because it's cool and we like it. And we got places like Oklahoma and Texas and we have to drive there. But there's so much anger over these things. And it's now become a political statement. I mean, I know. I used to do those jokes, too. When the Prius first came out, I said, do they do they make them at the factory with an Obama sticker on them? Are they just part of the paint shop? Uh, but guess what? You know, you go through a couple more months of $7 a gallon gas, and all of a sudden they start looking real good for the people with the Trump 2024 stickers as well.
0: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640
4: online, KFIAM640.com uh, forward slash listen. And uh, later on this hour, by the way, Alex, uh, Stone's going to be here. I'll we'll update you on that Vegas uh, shooting. And uh, did you see uh, Sliced Alone has a new movie out, another one of those action things with his uh, hip replacements, fighting guys barehanded with a knife in his teeth. And I know that Arnold, Arnold would like to be doing a movie, doing a motion picture. Uh, and And, of course, it was all kind of laughable that guys that age would be slugging it out to the death. But we got a story. Maybe they were ahead of the curve. Wait we'll hear what's going on in South Korea. We'll tell you that in just a little bit. But, uh, what's been going on all over the place, an epidemic, especially in California, where we basically invited people to come in and steal with that imbecilic nine hundred and fifty dollars, you know, uh, as long as it's below nine hundred fifty dollars, the first one's on us. Uh, so a whole bunch of smash and grabbers got sent it, sent to tell us all about that from KFI's newsroom, Blake Trolley. Blake, how are you?
0: Hey, Doug. Yeah, I'm doing uh, doing good. Yeah, two guys connected to at least three robberies in L.A. and another retail theft were sentenced to prison. This case begins months ago. It's actually one of the first cases the LAPD-organized retail crime task force ended up solving, uh, and they decided to wait until the conviction and sentencing were announced to roll out the details to the media. So this is something that's new to us but not necessarily new. Uh, they were convicted and sentenced uh, earlier this week. The two guys in their 20s, Johanna Boyd, and Andrew Ramirez hit the LAPD's radar in August so right when this retail crime task force uh, formed and that's when they hit a shoe warehouse store in South LA the two guys went in began stealing shoes On their way out, an employee tried stopping them. Well, one of the guys actually punched that employee in the face, knocked him down. LAPD Detective Juan Campos with the Organized Retail Crime Task Force says that punch actually fractured the man's face, caused trauma to his brain. He's already had surgery. He needs more surgery, we're told. Uh, The man who punched that employee said something to the effect of go to sleep as that employee was laying on the floor and the two guys were walking out with a bunch of shoes. Uh, The LAPD, I guess, begins looking into this case. They start floating images of these two guys around, and by doing so, they end up connecting them to other cases. So this robbery I'm talking about, Doug, happened on August 31st at a shoe store in South L.A. Well, sheriff's officials take a look at this photo, and they ID these guys from an earlier arrest they had actually made just two weeks before they were working. Working an undercover sting operation they carried out at a nike store in east la about two weeks prior so when you talk about prop 47 or just in general the leniency of crime and what Police are actually able to do. These guys were arrested just about two weeks before they attacked this store employee. Uh, a few days before that, they were ID'd as uh, hitting another store in South LA. And a day after that violent uh, robbery that you heard about, they're accused of hitting another store. So a long list of bad deeds on these guys, and they're both going away. Um, one of the, the guy who ended up hitting that employee. He's been sentenced to 10 years in prison, and the other guy was sentenced to five years in prison. So uh, both of them ending up with consequences, but nonetheless, you know, and you talk about this uh, with Prop 47, and, and this is definitely a frustration with law enforcement officials that I was talking to with today about this case specifically, is the fact that they didn't have enough to really sting these guys before it gets out of hand.
4: Well, uh, those are real sentences, and uh, ten years. You know, I don't know how much time they'll actually serve, but that's a real sentence and uh, a high price to pay uh, for stealing some sneakers that they were going to sell on eBay or wherever they're going to sell them on the, out of the back of a car somewhere on a side street. Uh, and, and the the more we can publicize the penalties for doing this, uh, the more of a deterrent this will be. Because right now, it does seem like. Uh, law enforcement has their hands tied because they're dealing with not just uh, the lax laws that allow them to prosecute with uh, any kind of serious penalties these kinds of crimes but also the technological advantage that these uh, organized smash and grabbers have where they can basically do uh, like a flash mob and just go into stores and we've seen it time and time again and it's demoralizing it it's really fascinating to talk to folks about this when these videos show up where people who don't work in retail, they see it, and you you it you just get heartsick and infuriated about it because there's just something so grotesque about it. This is not like people. This is not Jean Valjean stealing a loaf of bread, uh, you know, in Les Misérables to feed his family. This these are people who go into steal luxury items and then jumping often in luxury automobiles and driving away.
0: Yeah, and sometimes they're stopping traffic completely on the street where they're carrying out these uh, these thefts, and they're just organized, walking back to these cars, loading up the goods and taking off, sometimes taking off in different directions. And one of the things you touched on that I think is interesting uh, with law enforcement, a lot of times with stings, they don't like to give away too much of what they're doing. But a good case of the exact opposite of that is just in our neighboring county in San Bernardino County, I spoke to Sheriff Shannon Dykes. He's actually allocated a specialized gang and gun task force. So this is up to 70 uh, deputies, Doug, to work undercover to work these retail cases. Now, one of the reasons he's doing this is he says if somebody steals from a retail store in a lot of cases, it's sight and release, but he has a lot harder stinger. He can actually bring them to jail if a deputy witnesses this misdemeanor theft so that's one thing he's trying to do to put some level of consequences on this but on top of that he's very open about telling the criminals I have deputies that are now undercover. They are working these major retail corridors, especially the ones in the high desert and in Rancho Cucamonga where you have Victoria Gardens. He's making it very clear. There are deputies now working undercover in those, and that's something he actually wants out, which is something you don't usually see with an undercover operation. All right, keep
4: it going. Blake Trolley, thanks so much, KFI. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this Saturday from noon to 2 p.m., I'm going to be at David K. Book's, uh, in Woodland Hills right on Ventura Boulevard between Shoop and Fallbrook, closer to Fallbrook right there on Ventura Boulevard, big yellow sign I'm going to be signing copies of my novel Frank's Shadow and I would love uh, to see you if you want to come on out and say hello and if you can't make it, you certainly can get it at Barnes & Noble, you can get it at Bookstar in Studio City, at Vromans in Pasadena at uh, Pages of Bookstore in Manhattan Beach or right there at Amazon.com
0: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640
4: on Tuesday, the John Cobalt show debuts right here between one and four. And uh, anyway, uh, we got a lot coming up, including uh, later on this hour. I'm going to tell you about maybe it's not too late for Arnold and Slide to keep making those action pictures. I'll tell you the story out of South Korea, a very strange story and a possible uh, a possible future for all of us. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, as you know by now, undoubtedly, there was another uh, shooting in Las Vegas, uh, a city that was terribly scarred a few years back with that awful uh, shooting attack. Still the largest mass killing ever uh, at that country music festival But a 67 year old uh, disgruntled college professor with all the details on this. ABC News correspondent, Alex Stone. Alex, how are you?
2: hey there doug uh doing well and uh there's actually a a briefing going on right now that uh, you can hear behind me that uh they just gave a massive amount of information on on what went down and some uh some surprising details that, that, that we found out about a moment ago so yeah this guy anthony polito police say criminal history consists of a 1992 case for computer trespass that he had apparently since then applied to a lot of universities had worked at a number of different universities but had applied at a bunch uh, around Las Vegas. They had all denied him that he was having financial troubles when they went to his apartment overnight last night. There was an eviction notice on his front door that he couldn't pay his rent. There were a lot of issues going on there. And that he showed up yesterday in the business school, UNLV, went in, started shooting victims. They don't know on what floor he started. There were no surveillance cameras in the building, but they know that they were on a couple of different floors third floor fourth floor fifth floor on the fifth floor was a a 38 year old who was injured and is alive right now the other victims were killed and his gun the the sheriff saying a moment ago
4: polito was armed with a Taurus nine millimeter handgun he had brought 11 magazines to the scene with him nine loaded magazines
0: were found on his person after
2: the shooting, he pulled in in a uh, 2007 Lexus at 1128 a.m. This started at 1145 at 1155. He uh, walked out of the building and was shot and killed by plainclothed uh, UNLV detectives who uh, responded in. And then, Doug, we now know he had a dash cam that before he went to do this, he mailed 22 letters at uh, two different uh, higher education employees around the country and the sheriff's saying a moment ago
4: our detectives learned prior to the shooting the suspect had earlier visited a henderson post office and sent 22 letters to various university personnel across the country with no return address,
2: and a few moments ago they opened up one of them that they intercepted, and they have white powder in them. So now they got to figure out what that is, and right. they're trying to contact everybody who had one of these letters going to them. So it's still active right now. They say the motive they really don't know if it was money related, if it was anger and not getting the the job. They went to his home. There was a chair with an arrow, and the arrow pointing to a last will and testament. There were a bunch of uh, a bunch of ammunition uh, there that matched the ammo that that he used. So a lot, they're still, they don't know the full sequence of when people were shot, the the totally the why, but but they've put a lot together.
4: Uh This guy is kind of the opposite of the 2017 uh, massacre. Steven Paddock, the guy who shot and killed 58 people uh, at that Jason Aldean uh, concert in Las Vegas, it, who to this day, we have absolutely no idea what uh, his uh, raison d'etre was. The, he left behind no Trail of any kind, at least that's ever been released, which is very, very unusual. This guy apparently is was a ticking time bomb, and uh, I'd have to say uh, an attaboy to all the college uh, HR departments who decided to pass over him uh, as an employee. Uh, Alex, let me ask you a, a broad question about these events because we've had so many of them, and we've spoken so many times over the years as a result of these events. One of the things that we always tried that the rational world... Uh, tries to do is to figure out what the motive was and I guess my 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 question is what difference does it make at this point because every single one of them seems to have a different variation on the theme I mean has there ever been any kind of actionable conclusion drawn from these events because every one of its whether it was david berkowitz who had dogs telling him to kill and voices in his head or whatever they are it doesn't seem like when we get to the bottom line it ever actually leads us to preempting the next one
2: yeah and you know in some way mental health always comes into play um of that something was going on that they felt it was this this was the the way to go you know, there's something about knowing the the motive that I, you know, think in some way puts some kind of closure to it, that the people want to understand the, the why on it. We'll never know in some of the cases, like in 2017. Uh, sometimes it can help maybe prevent something in the future of, you know, what what was the person going through? What made them get to that point? Why did they do it? If it was ideology to know, were they linked to anybody else? You know, San Bernardino, that there right. were uh-huh. uh, others who were, who were linked to that. So sometimes it can lead to, to other things. In this case, you know, there were questions early on. Was it linked to uh, Hamas and Israel? No, the, this had nothing to do with that. But there were questions immediately if it was that. So the, there are some reasons why folks would want to know and, and it would come up. But you're right. I mean, in the end, it seems like, especially when it's young men, this is not. But when it's young men, it's kind of the typical scenario, not... You know, good with women, uh, felt like a loner, had no way to to do much. And, you know, they were at home and they were alone and and they were angry and then they went out and did it with the older guys. You know, it seems like this one in 2017, it's guys who are down on their luck for whatever reason uh, that you know had not had a lot of success in life and then carry something out. So you're right. I mean, it's a lot of times same M.O., same background on these guys. And in some ways, and we've heard police say it. We've heard chiefs say it. It really doesn't matter. They know the media wants to know, but in some ways it really doesn't matter.
4: Yeah, and, uh, you know, this this shooting took place just a day after a guy in Texas uh, over a wide area shot and killed six people. Uh, And I know we could—it seems like we could cover some event like this with three or more dead almost every day of the week. All right, Alex, as always, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Alex Stone, ABC News correspondent. You got it. Thanks, Seth. Um, Giving us the latest on that. Well, when we come back— Listen, if you're spoiling for a good fight, age may not be a barrier. I'll tell you all about that. You may have to go to South Korea, but I'll tell you all about it.
0: You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM
4: 640. KFIAM640.com forward slash listen. Next hour, Cliff Nesterhoff is going to be with us. He's Mr. Comedy. He is the guy who writes books about the history of comedy. He's got a new book called Outrageous. Uh, and it's about the culture wars as well as uh, the comedy world we live in. And he'll have a little bit to say about Norman Lear as well. So we've got that coming up for you next hour. Uh, and the lighting ceremony for the California State Christmas tree got canceled because of fears over uh, pro-Hamas protesters. Uh, your your guess is as good as mine because no one will actually say. We'll get into that as well and more. Uh, but, you know, Stallone, Sly Stallone, uh, there's a documentary on Netflix called Sly. That was good. I just saw it. It was great, and I had I had no expectations. I'm not even sure. I think it just started playing, and we just fell into watching it, and it was really fascinating. I worked with his brother Frank uh, years ago on a TV series, but uh, it, it was it was utterly fascinating. And um, but he keeps making these. You know, he's got, he's got the Rocky pictures, obviously, and then he's got the Rambo pictures. And then he's got that other series of movies. What are they called? I don't even remember what they're called. Not Creed, it's something else. Uh, he's got he just made a new one like that's got a number at the end of it. So it's another franchise. I missed that. And he uh, you know, he's an action guy. He's a, he's a rock'em sock'em robots. He's out there with a knife between his teeth and a bare-chested and a, you know, ammunition belt across his nipples or whatever he's got going on. And it's kind of laughable because He's not a kid. He's got some miles on him. And he's had like every, he's had his hip replacements. He's had the replacements replaced. I mean, he's had like 50 surgeries from getting beat up making these movies. But maybe he was ahead of the curve. And I'll tell you why. I saw this in the LA Times, this big piece about South Korea, that apparently the South Korean birth rate has plummeted. And because the birth rate has plummeted, They've got a problem with their volunteer army. They can't get enough young people to fill the ranks of the army. Now, by the way, this is not just them. The Russians are going through the same thing. Putin, Vladimir Putin, a few years ago declared a sex holiday in Russia, which uh, sure as hell beats Labor Day. It's the In Labor Day. Is what they're hoping for. Nine months later, he had a sex holiday because the birth rate in Russia was declining, and I guess he was planning on invading Ukraine because we need more soldiers. So he literally, besides attacking gays, which he's been doing, and they just started raiding gay bars again in Russia, uh, he he literally gave all the workers in Russia a day off and told them to go home and you know make some more Russians. Uh, North Korea this week, Kim Jong Un was blubbering on uh, state television uh, telling the women of North Korea have more babies. I think he's got to talk to the men, too. I'm not really clear on that. I went to Catholic school. I don't know how this works. But the point is he was telling the women to have more babies in North Korea because I guess he needs more soldiers. Put the All the old soldiers have either been executed or put in a re-education camp where they starved. But the South Koreans have this, oh, by the way, one more country that's having a problem is the United States. We're also having a a problem meeting our recruitment goals for the various uh, branches of the United States military. But in South Korea, they have uh, done something very interesting to address this situation, which is they have started volunteer units of 60 and 70 year olds in the army. And this is fantastic, isn't it? Instead of Taking Prevagen, you can take your M1. Go over the hill. You're going to go fight? Apparently. Well look, there's a lot of jobs. There's a lot of jobs in the Army. I think during World War II, at the height of World War II, only 14% of the people who are in the United States Armed Forces actually saw combat. And this is from the greatest generation. Because there's a lot of people in the rear with the gear. And there's a lot of people who are stateside. Pushing paper or making sure the bullets and bombs and the, you know, the sea rations and all that stuff gets on a boat that gets uh, met by a truck that gets, you know, moved to the front, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It takes lots and lots of people to get to a frontline, You know, a, a, you know, a, a private and a rifle platoon. Uh, it, it takes an army to move an army. Uh, so I'm sure that the 60 and 70 year olds are not necessarily going up Pork Chop Hill. But maybe they are because God knows desperate times call for desperate measures. This is one of the more uh notable signs that the Nazi Empire had come to a crashing end. Is it the fight in the final front as the Russians were coming into Berlin who were they who were they fighting? They were fighting little kids and old creaky old men uh, that, that Hitler had had dragooned into the final stand while he was down in the bunker marrying Mrs. Hitler. And by the way, what a title that is, Mrs. Hitler. Huh. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's who was fighting. We're little kids, and some as young as 10, and some into their 70s and 80s uh, were taking the last stand for the fatherland. But the Koreans are doing this. But so that's why I look at these. Now, I, all of a sudden, I'm looking at Stallone, and I'm looking at uh, Arnold, and I'm saying, hey, they might be on the cutting edge of... <laughs> You know, I don't know if they can be, you know, in special forces or something like that. More like special needs. Uh, We got another hour to go. We're here till four on McIntyre. In for John and Ken, reminder, this Saturday from noon to 2 p.m., come on out to David K. Books, wonderful independent bookstore on Ventura Boulevard in Woodland Hills, uh, uh, right there between uh, Shoop and Fallbrook. I'll be there from noon to 2 p.m. signing my novel, Frank Shadow. And I would love to say hi to you and be happy to sign a book for you. And if you can't make that, by all means, go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. You can get it there. You can get it at uh, Studio City's Bookstar. You can get it uh, in Pasadena at the legendary Vromans. And you can get it down in the South Bay at uh, Pages, a bookstore in Manhattan Beach. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always
0: hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.